The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. I'm pastor in a Korean church. My name is Yong Chol Jung. Uh, today, uh, I and two other church members are going to share about <coughs> how a minority church could reach another minority uh, people. And we will share some, uh, several uh, formats of ministries uh, in this session. And first one is being done by me now. I'm going to introduce this ministry first. And it will be followed by Peter. Uh, he's going to share about uh, refuge missions, how our Korean church could reach the refugee people in the Cedar Point apartment. And then Daniel will come and he will share about the Kairos ministry. I don't know whether you are familiar with this ministry. This is a, a kind of program that cultivates the culture uh, of the congregation so that they can be more engaged in the culture, in the mission of God. And uh, it will be, and then I will share some of my experiences as an uh, evangelist at a Korean church. Next slide. This is our church. Uh, this is, uh, we, our church is First Korean Baptist Church in Raleigh, and this is our senior pastor. We have a Korean congregation and English congregation. So this is a picture from Korean congregation worship service. Our church is a middle-sized Korean church. It was founded 36 years ago, and we have a very well harmonized between Korean and English congregation. So uh, the topic was... Uh, I was given this topic, minorities reaching minorities. Uh, as you see, we are Koreans. We, we, we belong to Korean church. Korean is also a minority in this America. And uh, we are using our identity uh, as a Korean minority church uh, as a tool to reach another minority. So I was thinking of what the strength, what is the strength of reaching the minority people as a minority group. First one that came to my mind is uh, we have a commonality. Uh, we are foreigners. Koreans are foreigners in America. And uh, refuge people are also foreigners in, uh, in here. So we share the same uh, thoughts and feelings and uh, some kind of difficulties. Uh, the difference is just the time. We came here before them. So we went through the similar situation as they are going, the one they are going through now. So we went through the similar situation. We experienced similar difficulties. We, uh, we got some insights or wisdom or strength to endure the hardship of adapting ourselves to America. We have, of course, a language barrier, English, as you see. My English is not fluent, but my pronunciation is weird. But the same happened to that minority people. So when we talk each other in English, we feel comfortable because <laughs> yeah, both of us cannot speak English perfectly. So it creates a lot of comfort in making relationship with them. And we have a cultural barrier. Of course, we are from different cultures. So uh, even though uh, some behaviors or some uh, sayings might be good in one culture, but in another, another culture, that 
could be wrong. So we experience these kind of difficulties. And when we think of our home country or families in our home country, we feel homesick. So as we did, as we do, they also experience that kind of feeling in their hearts. So that kind of commonality we share with them. And that when we have that kind of mindset, we feel sympathy, right? Because we have a common feature with them, we feel sympathy. So even though I'm a pastor of a Korean church doing the ministry in there, when I visit their homes, uh, I'm reminded that the time I came here to America 11 years ago, 12 years ago, how hard at the time it was for me. So because of that sympathy, compassion uh, makes me... uh, go through all the hardship required for this demanding job of ministry. Next one. Uh, I'm, uh, we, we present this ministry because we are successful, uh, but we just sh- want to share our know-how or some insights from our trials and errors. Uh, we are just learning every day, every week. So we are just chasing God's direction every week. It's not a mastered uh, project. It's, we are just learning. So we are just following Jesus in discerning His will, His guidance. The first one that came to my mind is that sentence whenever I think of this ministry. God already brought together people from all over the world into the RTP area, into Raleigh area. So uh, we don't have to spend money and time and energy to go some place to share the gospel to the Muslims or Hindu, Hindus or uh, Buddhists. God already, already brought everyone in this place. This is a great opportunity uh, from the perspective of missions. Next. So our church, FKBC, responded to the spiritual burden of sharing the gospel to people uh, God already brought in here. So, refugee mission, refugee missions is uh, ministries are difficult because uh, it's unpredictable. Uh, So, uh, at one point, at one spot, it may work. It may work. But in next year, or next place, it may not work because the dynamic of and demand, uh, the need of the refugee mission changes every every turn. So uh, it's uh, it's unpredictable. So we have to depend on Jesus. We have to obey. We have to discern God's will at every moment. So we uh, we have done this ministry for uh, four and a half years. Uh, four and a half years, and uh, we changed several uh, times in terms of uh, formats of worship, uh, forms of ministries, because we experienced trials and errors. Uh, but we learned something from those experiences. That's the one we want to share today. So we don't have any master plan. We are just, uh, we want master plan, but we don't, because the situation changes every. The dynamic and composition of 
refuge apartment is changing every year. So we have to respond to their need, spiritual and physical and material. Next. Yeah, that's the introduction I, sh- I need to share. And next, uh, Peter will come out. He will share about uh, refuge missions because he had been in, have been involved in this ministry more uh, than me. So, okay, this is Peter. Uh, I'm glad to be here, and thank you for joining us. Okay, let me just introduce some story about the uh, multicultural ministry, which means refugee people, uh, majority of them. Okay, so it says set up an apartment, apartment that is in, in, in Raleigh, one of the apartment complex. And then we focus on this location. And then uh, the country, the people are from, from 12 other countries. So Afghanistan to Zambia. You know, let's just think of that. Okay, we want to, we want to be successful for this country, for mission. And then I want to visit there. And then it takes too long. It takes time and it, it costs a lot of money. But every week, every week, we can meet them and then we share gospel and then we can do God's ministry by the grace of Jesus. So, if you are planning to visit one of each country, it, it costs like at least like 20000 or 30000 But let's say every week, if you, if you meet them, you save like about 20000 or 30000 a week. You are so rich now. Hallelujah. <laughs> so religion, religion is like a, they, they kind of religion, they have it. And then we can make it separate like a two different group, categorize, and then Sunday ministry and then week ministry. Sunday ministry, the, the main thing is worship service, as you know, every Sunday, and then give away uh, every month. And then week ministry, like a pastoral visit and ESL class, seasonal activity, uh, something like that. And uh, one more uh, just show story about me. Yeah. Can, can, uh, what is giveaway? Giveaway. Yeah, I, I show you the picture later on. Oh, okay. Just like a 10 minutes. Okay. okay. The, the, reason, the reason why I'm the part of this ministry is that when I was in Korea, when I was in Korea, actually I was supposed to go Philippines uh, for, for mission, to be honest. But for some reason, for some reason, it was switched to the U.S. And then I, I was thinking, and then I pray, what can I do for mission in the U.S.? And then the one thing that, that I thought of is the refugee people. At that time, in the whole world, the one of issue was a refugee, the kind of problem, where do they go, something like that. So like a Syrian war like some, some problem in Africa area. So, so, so that's one of the reasons that, that I uh, started the, the refugee ministry in the U.S. And then I started, I started as a volunteer in one non-profit organization that is a LSC. That organization helped them to settle down in the U.S. So they need some volunteer. And then I apply, and then I help them as a volunteer. But anyway, once our church started, 
the, this ministry, I joined, and then uh, now I'm here. So it started from 2015. Okay. Uh, as I told you, the one of main ministry is worship service, as you know. So we have a four different groups, like a preschool, children, youth, adult. In case of youth, we're trying to have a small group after worship service. And then some, some one thing a little different with the other worship that I think of is the red one. Before we have a worship service, we are trying to reach each house to, to encourage them to join worship. So we lock the door, knock the door, and then we tell them we have a worship service, 20 minutes, we have a worship service, 10, 30 minutes, and then they join. It helps them to remind. You know, uh, most of them are some younger teenager and below. So it's, it's good time for them to watch TV because it's Sunday. It's good time for them to play game because it's Sunday. So we are trying to wake up them to, to join. But anyway, and this year, this year, we started a summer youth camp. So we had a worship service and art and craft and dance, basketball, soccer, something like that. So it was uh, last week, and then we had uh, four days, two to five. The one of good benefit, one of good merit to have summer youth camp is the last one. Church members join as volunteers. Every week, every Sunday especially, our staff, like a 10 or 15 members, participate for, for, for mission, to have a worship and to, to share gospel, something like that. But in case of church members, sometimes it's hard to join that kind of mission itself. So through the summer camp, uh, we can let them, church members, to join as a volunteer. So, so this time, like a, maybe about 20, over 20 to 30 church members could, could join as a volunteer. And then they see what's going on, and they experience mission itself. And then I'm pretty sure it, could, it can make them to widen their view for, for mission. And these two, this couple, they, they were deacon in our church, but they moved to Texas now. So they are not here yet. Not now they are here now. But they started, they started first time, 2015, this ministry. Once they start, once they form, I join and other people join for this ministry. They started, they started like, uh, you ask me, giveaway, right? So giveaway, every month we got a donation from church members, some clothing, some shoes, or some small furniture. We just spread out on the road, on, in, in, inside the complex, and then we start pretty much neat, but like a 20, 30 minute, it's gonna mess up. They just take what they want. This is, this is how we started, how they started the ministry. And then they, they were getting 
to know each other, and then they they felt they they thought we need worship for these people too. So that's why we started worship inside the complex. So so this one is uh, so this couple started, and this one is the old place for worship service. We had uh, this place, and then we had uh, some small room. So this part is like a like a children and preschooler, and this one is like uh, some youth and some adult. Actually, those people are, are Muslim student too. So it was a little crowded and not that much spacious. But now we moved to other three bedroom, uh, three bedroom. So. Now we have more space, and then we can make four different groups. Preschool, children, youth, and adult. So this one is for the youth worship service, and then this one is for the adult. And then I'm going to show you some video, and then uh, you, can, you can know what's going on over there. And then this one is for Christmas. So as you know, Christmas is good timing to explain them, to introduce them about Jesus. Because that is Jesus' day, actually. And then uh, we, we give them some card and we give them some small gift. And also we introduce them, we explain them. Why do we celebrate and why uh, Christmas is important, something like that. And then those, those, this family is from Afghanistan. They are Muslim, but... Uh, they listen. <laughs> Why? Because we give them some card, we give them some small gift. <laughs> and this, this family are from Buddhist. And then this one is ESL class. Not just my church, from other American church. We, we co-work together. And then some, some member teaches as a teacher, and then some members have uh, some babysit too. This family, these people are from Bhutan. Bhutan. And especially this gentleman and this the teenager had uh, some seizure. You know seizure? Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, suddenly they lose their mind and then they just fell down and then they just shake their body. They cannot control. They lose their mind. That kind of thing. That is the story of the, the, the Bible too. But anyway, especially the people from Bhutan, they had a, that kind of disease rather than other countries. But anyway, when we share, when we share the prayer request, when we had a fellowship, they told me uh, the prayer request for that, for seizure. And then from that moment, whenever we gather together, we pray for, for their sickness. And then, uh, it is so rare, it is so rare, but uh, this gentleman, whenever I meet, whenever I met him, I ask him, how many times last week? How many times last week? And then, I can say it's getting better and better. Sometimes, it happened like a two times a day. But sometimes nothing happened a week, but like a one or two times a week, but getting better and better. So I thank God. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> but, but in case of this uh, Aruna, her name is Aruna, she's a student, high school, so it's a bad situation in case it happened in school. Huh? And then they, her friends see her and then it's hard <coughs> to be taken care of. So for that student, it happened only one time since we pray all together. But anyway, I thank God because we, we pray all together, not just me. We pray all together. God answer, God listening, God answer for that. But, but the, the other thing is that they came from other country, they came from other place. But like a, after several years, they moved to other place. So this family, now they are in Colorado. This family, they are now in Massachusetts. So, so, so sometimes I feel so sad <laughs> because they go. But, but the others, in other words, I, I thank God because we share before they are sent by God to some other place. And then I'm pretty sure uh, they are good believers in their uh, place. Can I ask you? Uh, uh-huh. So the, the house is whose house is that? This one is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He his house. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, uh. And then these are uh, from Syria and Iraq. You know, this one was a Mother's Day. Mother's Day. You know, as you know, the the women in Muslim culture, they are depressed, and they are like a. How do I say? Uh, they do not respect the lady that much in, in those con- in culture. So we thought that this one is good chance to, to encourage them, to, to, to let them be respected. So, so Mother's Day, we had a uh, picnic in, in, in Beaver Dam. And then we had a, a good time. And then these are uh, some some uh, the fathers. Actually, uh, we had an ESL class for fathers too, but now we don't. But it's also a good chance. And this one we went to uh, movie theater, and this one is some activity in our church uh, Halloween days. Uh, and yeah, this one too. And this one was a Pauline Park. And this, this family also was a good Muslim family, which means they join worship. When we encourage them, she, she, her brother also joined worship service. But now they move. <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> but I'm... I'm pretty sure, I believe that one day, one day, they, they can be faithful Christian. Why? Because we had a good worship, we had a good memory for, for Christianity, for gospel. So, <laughs> and this one was, sometimes we invite them to our church, and then we have a worship service. And then, as I told you, we had a uh, summer camp. 
just last week. So we had a worship and some art and craft and some dance and some basketball, something like that. So this is just my personal opinion, kind of strategy to, to be getting better for, for mission. I mean, we have a worship service in Cedar Point, in complex itself. So if we have a worship service in other location, it's hard to reach them sometimes. But we just stay inside the, the complex, so it's easy. It's easier to access, to, to invite them. So I think this is one of good point. And the other thing is that we visit every house door to door before we have a worship service or some other activity, something like that. So, so this one, uh, f- 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 through this visit, <clears throat> we can encourage them. We can wake them up to know worship is coming. We, we have to go worship. But the other thing is that we can, we, we can pretty much know what's going on inside. And then the, the circumstances and their, their family, and then it helps too, I believe. And then the, the other one is teamwork with the other church members. This one cannot be done just step itself. So we share prayer requests every week, and then there, we have a prayer team for ministry, and then they donate for giveaways, some like a clothing, some small furniture, some, some shoes, something like that. And then we distribute, and then some family, uh, we got to know them through the giveaway. They came to pick something, and then we knew them, and then we invite them. Sometimes they come to worship service too. And then snack, they prepare some snack too. I will show you later. But as you know, all of this, all of this should be done by the love of Jesus Christ, as you know. So not just my passion, not just my, my, not just my passion, whatever. It should be done. By the love of Jesus. So one verse I want to share. To those who sow with tears will live with song of joys. You know, sometimes it's hard to contact. It's hard to share because, because of the, the language barrier or something like that. So sometimes we use the Google Translator. And also they are young and they have a different culture, background. So it's hard to control them sometimes. Anyway, it's not easy, but one day, and then we saw before, and then we will see God's miracle, God's work. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you. My name is Daniel. I'm a current member at the uh, First Korean Baptist Church of Raleigh, and I'm actively serving in a few of the ministries on the English congregation of this church. And so, yeah, I'm really blessed and honored to be here to um, share in this uh, living example session. So today I would like to introduce us to this uh, Kairos course and how this course um, has changed my perspective on God's heart for missions and how it has mobilized the people at my church to continue participating in that mission.
Um, so I'm just going to give a little bit of background over this course, and then I'll go into a little bit of telling about my personal story, how it impacted me, and then how it uh, also impacted our church as a whole. Um, so this Kairos course is built and constructed off of a nine-session interactive study about the purpose, the plan of God from Genesis to the end of the age. Um, it is a foundational course on world's Christian mission, and what Kairos does, it really centers and brings out God's heart for all the nations of the world and His desire to use His people to be a blessing to them. Um, it also emphasizes the importance of ministering to cultures that still have few or no viable churches. Um, and a course that is quite equivalent to Kairos is, uh, is called Perspectives. Um, many of y'all might be familiar with that course, but um, both are in the same family of really equipping um, and effectively training um, the, church, the Christians um, to do mission work. And Kairos actually originated in the Philippines um, back in 1991, where the purpose was to mobilize the Filipino people to reach the unreached people groups in their own country. Um, but over time, this um, course developed and there was an immense transformation in the hearts of the Filipino um, Christians. And they are now there are thousands of uh, Filipino missionaries that are actually ministering all across the world. And so this course is now being offered in um, more than 30 languages and conducted in about 60 different countries all across the world. And the design of Kairos um, is very simple. Um, it's to educate, to inspire, and to challenge um, the uh, uh, Christians to participate in more meaningful, um, yeah, more meaningful um, participation in God's heart for the nations. Um, it's a very useful tool that God uses to um, transform the worldview of believers, so that uh, we can see ourselves um, as being blessed, so that we can be a blessing to all the people groups. And there are three uh, distinct points about Kairos that I want to mention. Uh, the first point is that um, Kairos targets the entire body of Christ um, to participate in God's mission work. Uh, it's not just for seminary students, pastors, missionaries, or people who are uh, just on fire for missions at the time. Uh, it's really geared for um, all challenging all believers um, I think that's one point that really stuck out to me, uh, not being a pastor, not being a seminary student, just working in the professional life that, um, but have been, uh, you know, have the, have the love of God and wanting to serve Him. So that really stood out to me. And secondly, what Kairos um, emphasizes is empowering the local or indigenous church to mobilize their own local or indigenous people. Um, to fulfill God's mission, right? So instead of asking um, uh, missionaries or mission teams to come and evangelize to them, they, Kairos emphasizes that your local ethnic church should mobilize your local ethnic people to reach out to the unreached people in your local ethnic group. And that is, um, I guess, a focus that, um, that breaks more of the cultural barriers. But obviously there is a balance to consider because um, these unreached ethnic groups um, need to have the influence of missionaries so that they can get to that point. So I think um, that's one point that really uh, was very intentionally brought out in this course. 
And lastly, uh, the, the course is designed with this family and teamwork structure, really harking on the fact that we can only fulfill God's mission together, you know. And the course is actually run always by a team and not just by an individual. And it focuses on uh, really relationally facilitating the course and getting to know each other. Um, so I've been talking a lot about Kairos as a course, but it's much more than that. Um, it's really an encounter with God and really understanding and knowing His heart for all the nations. Yeah, so that's a little bit about the background of Kairos. Um, so for, for me, I was first ex- exposed to this after um, about two years ago when um, Kairos was first offered at my church after a small group of people went and traveled to participate in Kairos in China. Um, and then that team came back to our church with this, um, this passion for God's mission. And they talked about how Kairos impacted their lives and gave them new mindset, new heart for missions. And they kept mentioning this word, paradigm shift, that there was a paradigm shift in their understanding of God's heart for mission. And I was like, What's that? what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, I feel like I've known God and gotten to experience mission work, but they kept saying there's a paradigm shift. So I, I decided to partake in this uh, course. And after taking it, I was able to understand what they meant. Um, for me, myself, there was a paradigm shift. Um, and one term that really stood out was this term blessed to be a blessing where we receive the blessings of Christ but not to keep but also but to reach out and to be a blessing on others um, it, it sounds like a very simple phrase to understand and but I've been challenged that it's not so easy to live by um, so it actually had me reflect on my own uh, experiences with mission work um, prior to taking Kairos I actually I participated in mission trips to Japan Mexico and Cambodia, and um, by all means, these trips were amazing. They were spectacular. Um, they were life-changing, and one of my trips, uh, in the trip to Japan, I really, I think I fully uh, understood and accepted Jesus as what uh, it means to Him being my Lord and Savior. So um, they were remarkable trips, but after taking Kairos, I um, realized that um, I was missing a certain proper focus on the preparation for missions, um, but also being on the mission field. Uh, so what Kairos does, it really helps us focus on using our blessings to reach the unreached people groups. Um, and while I was on these mission trips, I focused too much on the things that I was being blessed with instead of thinking how I could extend um, God's blessing to them. And so one thing that um, happened afterwards was uh, the next time I went to a short-term mission trip in Sim Reap, Cambodia, uh, my, po- my purpose was more focused on building a partnership with the local church leaders so that these local church leaders could uh, more effectively evangelize to their local people. And um, so that's been a personal experience for me. And this is what Kairos has looked like at um, First Korean Baptist Church. Annually, we hold a mission bazaar, which um, is a build-up, a mix of uh, we sell food, Korean food, we, sell, we have car wash, we have uh, yard sale, and we have haircuts, uh, the whole shebang. Um, but what we really emphasize is just inviting the community to come to um, partake in this uh, mission fundraiser for all the missionaries that we support abroad, but also for the short-term mission trips that are here. And what Kairos really, um, what's changed about um, our viewpoint after taking Kairos is that 
it's not, mission work is not just about uh, missionaries that are abroad, but it's an entire uh, process of working together as a church. There's a sending team and there's people that are going. And um, this is an example of the sending aspect of mission work. And I think um, every year we've been um, able to set new, uh, be, or exceed the amount raised. And that has been a tremendous blessing um, that has uh, blessed the mission uh, teams and also the missionaries abroad. And the second one is um, we, uh, the English congregation um, took up a mission project um, to raise uh, financial support for the Simri ministry to purchase a truck. Um, Cambodia is still a developing country, so the roads are still, um, there's a lot of bumpiness when you're traveling and um, so you need a strong car and uh, a truck is very useful because you can pile people in the back and there's not a lot of concern driving to uh, remote places and a lot of their ministry is um, dedicated to visiting the local churches that they have been planting so that's been a big prayer request for them for the past three years um, and actually recently this past summer we raised enough money for them to purchase their truck and that's the image on the, on the screen so that's been a, a big blessing to the Simeon ministry and also for us in understanding what it looks like to continue partnering with a local team abroad. Um, and some of the other points that, uh, yeah, that were already mentioned, um, the one is Cedar Point Ministry where Deacon Peter went into depth about how uh, we worked as a team in our church to pray, to support, um, to garner volunteer support in terms of um, sharing the gospel to the pe- refugees at this ministry, and the concept of like the constant change and people coming and going um, just really emphasizes that we have no control that it 's really God who will control and uh, make the right timing for everything and uh, an additional thing that we have emphasized after taking Kairos is that um, we, we, like, we would like English ministry leaders to take this course as a foundational training. Um, before they go into um, serving in any capacity of ministry. And lastly, Kairos is, uh, again, for the entire body of Christ. So uh, we want to continue organizing and facilitating Kairos courses in this RTP area um, outside of just our church and to invite um, different leaders and different um, yeah, ministries to come and uh, join in on this course. So last slide is um, that... Um, the task is always at hand, right? From the beginning of time up to now, and even in the future, um, it's God's mission uh, must be fulfilled. And he's been using and uses the most unexpected people to fulfill his mission. So our responsibility um, is to respond to his calling um, in faithfulness and obedience to finish the race. And we live under God's gracious sovereignty, uh, which allows us to have peace and great motivation to uh, complete the race that he calls us to. So, yeah, thank you. Okay, so we have to wrap up now. Uh, thus, very briefly, I will share my experience of uh, evangelism in a Korean mart. And uh, about four or five years ago, we began to share the gospel directly in front of uh, KDH Mart. And uh, there are a lot of people coming to the mart uh, from all of the countries. Like, uh, it's not just for Koreans. There are a lot of Chinese and Muslims and Hinduism and Buddhist and Americans also. 
So we met a lot of people in there without any uh, concern about being uh, persecuted by sharing the gospel to the Muslims. So God already brought every people in here. So great chance already is in here. So our responsibility as Christians living in this area is to share the gospel. That's the primary motive for this ministry. So we have done this so far. The things that came to my mind during this ministry is that we need some kind of cooperation between uh, churches because uh, uh, Chinese old people, they cannot speak English. They cannot understand uh, the gospel in English. They need some Chinese Christians who can tell the, the good news in Chinese. So uh, I need some other uh, churches using different languages to come to that place. Uh, we do this in, in, uh, on Saturday in the morning from 10 to 12 for two hours. And you can join us if you want. And uh, we can share the gospel with our own language or English to everyone from all of the countries. So it's a very fascinating uh, experience for us because uh, uh, if we want to share the gospel in Muslim countries, it costs a lot of efforts and money and even the, the life. Sometimes we get persecuted by sharing the gospel, but we don't have to worry about that. We can share, share the gospel in this area directly every Saturday. And another one is uh, we need some, con- some kind of network among con- uh, churches because uh, when sometimes people accept Jesus as their Savior and the Lord at the spot, and if he's a Chinese or Japanese, where do I have to send the person? So that's my concern. So uh, sometimes I invite them to our church, but uh, sometimes because of the language barrier and uh, some cultural barriers, they can now adapt themselves to our church. In the case, we need some other ethnic churches who can uh, will be willingly serve them with Christ's hearts. So I think we need some kind of network uh, to cooperate, uh, to share the gospel among these people in this area. Okay, next one, closing remarks. There are potentials and limitations. Because of the limitation, we need cooperation. And uh, the last sentence uh, is uh, the one that came to my mind. God will be glorified in the, in the RTP region through the cooperative efforts among his people to share the gospel. So we are not alone. Uh, God already gave us a lot of ethnic churches so that we can cooperate each other to share the gospel uh, efficiently. So I think uh, this uh, kind of conference will be, be a good chance to get to know each other and to share information, share ministerial uh, insights or tips uh, so that we can glorify God in this area of the gospel. Thanks so much.